God, our shepherd, help us to guide our hearts to receive what you have revealed and help us to do what you have commanded. Our scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 19:14 and Psalm 23. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. And then all together. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This Amen. is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I wonder how many of you are familiar with Nelson Mandela. Have you heard of Nelson Mandela and Nelson Mandela's story? Nelson Mandela fought for the rights of black and colored South Africans during a time in South Africa's history when that society was dominated by a system that separated people according to their skin color. He fought for justice and equality and after many years of being wrongly imprisoned for his activism, that system finally came to an end, and he became president of South Africa. In 1995, he established a national fund for all of the children of South Africa. And in a speech given at the creation of that fund, he said, there can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children. You see, Nelson Mandela knew that in order to heal the wounds of generations of injustice, the nation needed to invest in its children. The children were the ones who were going to bring about change. And he knew that it was important for the nation to be active in creating policies and institutions that cared for respected, and loved children. It wasn't just the work of the individual families, but of the whole community. For the nation's soul to be restored, it needed to treat its children justly. This morning, we are worshiping all together, and it means that we do things a little bit differently. We're a little more flexible. We have stations set up front, we use our whole bodies in prayer, and we might have even danced. We want this space today to be welcoming to everyone who has gathered. We want to show care and respect and love to our children by inviting them to come up close, to be active and engaged, and to share their experience of God, to lead us in worship. I believe there's no keener revelation of a church's soul than how it treats its children. And while Nelson Mandela certainly said this, I actually think that it's Jesus that we should be following. 
Jesus is the one who said, welcome the children. Let them come to me. In the story that Maya read, Jesus had just finished teaching a group of people. He had come to the area because he was healing people, and some religious leaders got him into a conversation about divorce because they were trying to trip Jesus up. Jesus finishes the answer to his question and goes back to praying for and healing the people that have come, and all of a sudden, these parents bring their children forward to receive prayer, and we assume healing. Jesus' disciples, however, are offended. Perhaps they think, Jesus doesn't have time for kids. He's just been explaining this really important thing about the law, so why are the kids getting in the way? Or maybe they were just hungry for lunch and wanted to wrap things up. It's not really enough information to know. Jesus' response, though, is to silence the disciples immediately and say sternly to them, Let the children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He shuts the disciples down. This is a really important point that Jesus wants to drive home that the children should be allowed to come to receive prayer, to receive healing, because the kingdom of heaven is for them and for all of those like them. You see, the kingdom of heaven is not for the powerful, the educated, the independent, or the strong. The kingdom of heaven is for children and all who are like children, who in society are often powerless dependent on others, and vulnerable to injustice. This should strike us as surprising, that Jesus is telling his disciples to have the children come to him. A leader, a teacher, is inviting children forward and extending a welcome and teaching in that welcome how we should welcome those that come into our church and our community. In the letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about that we should honor the most vulnerable parts of the body of Christ, the most. This honoring of children, of welcoming people who are powerless, who are dependent, who are vulnerable into our community, that is the work of the church. So I think the church should cultivate opportunities for children that we should be open to the idea that children are not empty buckets to be filled or blank slates that we transcribe our faith experiences onto. Because kids have their own experiences of faith, of God, and of healing. And we should listen to them. We should cultivate opportunities for our kids to lead, to develop their spiritual lives alongside of us, so that we learn together. Because in making space for kids, we're also making space for people like ourselves who might feel powerless, who might feel dependent, who might feel vulnerable. If we try to hold ourselves up and say, we have it all together, we are the church, we are not dependent on anyone, we can have faith on our own, we've missed the point of the cross, of Christ calling us to be disciples, to lean onto God. I, possibly because of 
what I've been up to the last few weeks have been really drawn to this image of God as the nursing mother. Um, it's a beautiful image of God's maternal love for us, but I didn't quite understand uh, the full impact of that until I became a nursing mother myself and realized how utterly dependent another human being is on you constantly. And that's the image, right? It's not just about God. It's about us, that we are utterly dependent constantly on God for grace for our faith, for mercy to get through each day. So this idea of welcoming children, it's really an invitation to welcome us, to welcome us and understand how we are dependent on God. I also think this has a second implication for us as the church, that we are called in our society to work for honoring and respecting children by advocating for children, for their safety, for their just treatment. In our country, many of the poor are children. There are children that go to school that don't have enough food to eat and aren't able to learn because they're hungry. There are children in Texas that are sitting in a border detention facility who can't get access to the flu vaccine. This is in our country. This is in our community. And we are called as disciples to advocate for children, to protect those who are vulnerable, who are powerless, because we have the capacity to speak for them, even if they can't speak for themselves. Although I'm struck by the number of children who have taken the initiative to lead for the kids who have demanded justice against gun violence in their schools, for the kids that have said, hey, we need to care about our environment because this is our legacy in the world that we're inheriting. I hope that we will be inspired by those examples. I hope that we will reach out to love and respect and advocate for our children. And I hope that we will celebrate that we have this great gift at Knox of kids who are so smart and insightful, and lead in their experiences of God. And this is not just a plug to be a Sunday school teacher, although I know all of our Sunday school teachers would tell you that it's really astounding to read scripture with kids and to hear their reflections because they say things that you just didn't think about every week. I am inviting you to be a Sunday school teacher, too. Um, So right now... We're going to take some time all together, and kids, this is you too, so if you can put down what you're working on for just a few minutes, we are going to do an imaginative prayer exercise all together on Psalm 23. Imaginative prayer is a way of thinking about a scripture and letting your imagination go free and listening for God's voice as you reflect on the scripture, okay? So, I invite you to close your eyes, take a big breath in, and a big breath out. Now imagine yourself surrounded by rolling hills, covered in soft, vibrant green grass. As you turn to your left, there is a fresh, flowing stream of cool water perfect for this hot day. 
kneel down and take a long drink. How does it feel? Imagine standing up, and to the right of the stream is a well-worn path. You walk along the path, and the landscape starts to change. There are more trees up ahead. You are walking downhill. Just ahead, you notice that the path is heading into a dark valley. You cannot see much of the path ahead. How does it feel to keep walking? Just as you're deciding if you're going to continue, a shepherd comes alongside you. What does the shepherd look like? This shepherd knows the area well. The shepherd could simply give you directions, but the shepherd starts walking with you. You still don't know where you're going, but you are not alone. Will you keep walking? You decide to keep going into the valley. After a time, the path starts climbing uphill. Your footing is less sure as you walk across tree roots and large rocks. Imagine it's a long climb. You turn a corner and you begin to slip. Suddenly, the shepherd reaches out with a staff and pulls you back up. Once you catch your breath, what do you say to the shepherd? Now imagine a different scene. You are seated at the center of a long wooden table. The table is filled with your favorite food. What do you see? How does it smell? Look to your right. At the end of the table is the host, smiling at you. You discover that you are the honored guest at this feast. How do you feel? You look to the left and notice that seated at the other end of the table are people who have bullied you, who have argued against you or threatened you, people who you don't like. Who's there? They are not smiling. Instead, they sit with their arms folded, watching you enjoy the feast. You talk and laugh with those who are seated around you. Imagine being filled with food, with the kindness of your host, and with love. Imagine this is how it will always be. How does that feel? What would it be like to always come back to this table? What would it be like to always walk with the shepherd? God is our good shepherd. God leads us by still, refreshing waters. 
God lifts us up in our dark times. God restores us, fills us, hosts us, and welcomes us always. God is faithful. Surely goodness and mercy will follow all of the children of God all of the days of our life. Amen. You can open your eyes. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.